0: It's best if you don't reach out. The unexceptional late 30s male against COVID 19, genital herpes, and $18 an hour employment. For more adventures, visit my website, bestifyoudon't.com. Part 22, September. I get to know the teachers. The days were long and painful. Only a handful of us at the Hummingbird Academy acted like COVID-19 was real and made sure we wore masks and sanitized anything we touched after using it. Most of us were forgetful or ambivalent, and a small minority were vocally against the perceived democratic hoax, or plandemic. And even though the QAnon teachers were few in numbers, I remained disturbed that a place of learning had any Trump support at all. But the days were long and painful because we had no students and nothing to do. I efficiently shortened the time needed to award 70% to all the assignments in my grading queue down to 10 minutes and kept the better part of my eight hours for socializing with my colleagues and QAnon conspirators. Principal Hillbilly stayed in her office writing and rewriting the instructional schedule that would govern that mythical day we might have students in the building. Mr. Pecker spent his time reviewing the entire catalog of online English curriculum, then packaging it into games his students could play over the internet for Pecker points. He envisioned them trading in for prizes he would purchase before school opened in person. Mr. Pleats continued chatting with all of us about sports, his dog, and his girlfriend's career. But, like Mr. Pecker, he drummed up the motivation to reach out to as many students working from home as he could, and also tried to make his history content immersive and interesting. I followed the example of the two younger male teachers and also tried to engage my students. I wasn't as smart as Mr. Pecker, or as affable as Mr. Pleats, but since I had a proclivity in popular culture and memes, I quickly built the most popular teacher website. I basically presented Mr. Pecker's total package, but through my own comedic medium and his informative load resonated better as videos with me teaching them. More students interacting with my website translated to more completed assignments, and the workload drip finally swelled into a modest stream. For our effort, I was doling out many more 70s. Miss Guerrero watched us from a distance, always grunting, snarling, and judging. She had a gross habit of letting out an exasperated sigh every time she was upset, so we never stopped listening to her soundtrack of Stern Fatigue. Miss Moon sauntered around supervising curriculum, whatever that means, and praised our department for its runaway success in lesson completion. Lessons make up units, units make up courses, and courses make up credits. Principal Hillbilly announced that while our student engagement was slightly above levels reported by our four sister schools, the corporate office was already worried that our projected number of graduates was going to be lower than expected. We were supposed to respond by putting on a drive-through graduation for last year's graduates and then disseminate those images quickly to inspire current students working from home to spend more hours a day clicking. Principal Hillbilly reminded us that last year's graduates didn't get to walk after COVID hit and assigned us all a section of names to call and hype this drive through graduation experience. I wasn't cynical about a drive through graduation if the students for whom it applied were interested, just awkward selling them caps and gowns when I had nothing to do with their accomplishment since I wasn't there last year. Since most teachers were new to this school... Conversations with last year's students went something like, Hi, this is Mr. Kincaid from the Hummingbird Academy. Who the fuck is Mr. Kincaid? Hi, this is Mr. Pecker from the Hummingbird Academy. (laughs) Ha ha ha, Pecker. Hi, this is Mr. Pleats from the Hummingbird Academy. Hi, Mr. Pleats, what can I do for you? Hi, this is Miss Guerrero from the Hummingbird Academy. Well, you sound like a bitch. Hi, this is Miss Moon from the Hummingbird Academy. Hi, Miss Moon, I've missed you. Now that we had a project with some meaning outside our specific departments, I got to know the other teachers. Mr. Dutch was the first teacher outside of English and history to consistently seek me out for banter. He was an eccentric math teacher around my age who liked hard party drugs. He got off on mathematical theories and spent nearly all his downtime creating computer models and running graphical simulations. He wasn't the only smart teacher around, in fact, roughly half of my colleagues were hella qualified and embarrassingly underused. I still don't understand the ruse of putting on a fake school while employing actual talent, but Mr. Dutch, like some of the other too smart for this school crowd, expressed his employment at Hummingbird Academy was a transitional move as he advanced his personal goal of getting back to the seaside location where he completed his past military obligations. He happened to drive the same make and model car as mine, but his entire driver's side was wrecked into oblivion. One day, while leaving at the exact minute I was allowed to exit the building, I saw Mr. Dutch's car before I knew my car had a duck and experienced a conniption. Mr. Dutch was always up to mysterious shit on the weekend and we all just assumed he led a double life as a government assassin or cartel sicario. Miss Kat Gastro was the other math teacher and the only teacher in the entire faculty who had earned an official state teaching certificate that was achievable without having studied education in college, but only after putting in three years at a charter school. I wondered why if she was certified she hadn't moved on to a real school, but a lot of her strange behavior was representative of high-functioning autism. She was very possessive of her seat, even when none of us had assigned seats. Remember, we were 8 teachers occupying a giant computer lab meant to serve 300 credit recovery students who were now working from home and could literally sit anywhere and still access the web interface we needed to confirm 70% in all the inbound assignments. Miss Cat Gastro would begin and end every conversation with an update on her cat's life and wanted to share every moment she captured in photo and video. I didn't mind humoring her because there was nothing else to do, but I also found it amusing to amp my enthusiasm up to levels noticeable by nearby teachers, then send our fur baby mama to one of them with a well-deployed, oh my god, you know who would love to see your cat topple off the laundry pile? Mr. Dutch. Go show Mr. Dutch right now. And Miss Cat Gastro would skip off towards Mr. Dutch, who was left cursing me under his breath. The downside to Miss Cat Gastro was for being another teacher in the QAnon cult. She would loudly watch aggressively patriotic videos about joining protests against masks and lecture anybody she caught cleaning a keyboard or wiping down a monitor with an unwelcome ambush. My dad from backwoods hillbilly town is very smart, and he found out that the plandemic is a democratic hoax to control all of us, blah, blah, blah. Critical thinking was stronger in the science department. Mr. Spudspank was another teacher around my age, but like Mr. Dutch, he was also former military. Except he wasn't mysterious at all. In fact, he wore his heart on his sleeve and was an earnest cheerleader for student and co success. Early into learning how to engage with students whose work was entirely online, I eavesdropped on quite a few phone calls Mr. Spudspank placed to students assigned to classes in his grading column. Hey, Brad, Chad, Brenda, Emily, whoever he was calling. This is Mr. Spud. Spank spank from your school checking in to make sure your username and password work you know how to advance in the course and you know how to highlight text and translate it into spanish if needed of all of us at work mr spud spent the most time actually trying to spend the most time working there wasn't too much he could do as a science teacher for students assigned to online classes who weren't even in the physical computer lab with us but he kept calling them Mr. Spudspank made his phone calls all day long and seemed refreshed every time he connected with a student who hadn't previously answered. Unfortunately, students being teenagers, the kids who stood the most to benefit from a teacher checking in quickly blocked the school's phone number. This phenomenon became so challenging later in the year that the corporate decision-making body flip-flopped on allowing us to use texting apps in official communication. Texting students, while frowned upon in non-pandemic years, was a boon to actually getting them to respond. Mr. Spudspank was such a sweet man that his positive outlook frequently rubbed off on me, and I'd have spurts where I went all in on calling students and encouraging them to make those clicks toward their freebie high school diplomas. The other half of the science department was an adorably chubby older gentleman named Mr. Zenslack who hobbled in late every day on a cane while wearing his fedora. Principal Hillbilly seemed wise enough to not go after a physically handicapped teacher's tardiness, but she absolutely watched the clock on everybody else. She watched the clock, but she was also stupid. Mr. Dutch and I only needed those first two months of school to figure out we could remove ourselves from the simmering swarm of humiliated teachers at the front door and just dip out the back earlier and earlier. I'd like to brag about the size of my cojones, and while I took advantage of our idiot principal, Mr. Dutch was a legend in how much time he shaved off his school day. I might turn around after just two hours and discover he had given up just as soon as he tossed out his first batch of 70 percentages." But Mr. Zenslack was a different breed of renegade employee. Mr. Zenslack's first move after already coming in late was spending another 30 minutes preparing coffee in his breakfast platter. Then he would find the most unobservable seat to Miss Moon's position in the room and watch sports for the remainder of the day. Mr. Zenslack's claim to fame was that he never graded or wrote a credit slip the entire year. Mr. Pleats did all his grading for him and was happy to do it. What I liked about our group was that most of us exalted those who were beating the system. In the dissent, Principal Hillbilly remained oblivious to Mr. Zenslack's lack of contribution toward giving students 70% on their assignments. Miss Moon was loosely aware of how Mr. Zenslack spent his time, but didn't perceive him as fixable or harmful, so left him alone. Miss Guerrero may have taken up issue with Mr. Zenslack's laziness since he didn't fit her teaching worldview, but she also had some kind of gross crush on him and never grumbled like she would have if any of us so obviously took the same working vacation. So Miss Kat Gastro was the only teacher to ever confront Mr. Zenslack with shit like, Hey, what are you doing? Why are we all here? To which he would passively respond, Why are we here? Well, many religions have attempted to answer that, and then he would outlast even her impressive patience for one-sided dialogue with the colleague. I started bringing assorted pastries to the teacher's lounge most mornings simply because I enjoyed making Mr. Zenslack happy. We later learned that Mr. Zenslack's home life was frequently in shambles whenever his twenty-something stepson violated probation, which gave us all the more reason to cheer on his mantra of coming to work to relax. The drive through graduation wasn't the blowout event corporate envisioned, but the eight of us waved banners congratulating last year's students who rolled through in a small caravan of cars. A highlight included a drunk mom flashing us and screaming, My baby graduated! Woo! It's best if you don't reach out. The unexceptional late 30s mail against COVID-19, genital herpes, and $18 an hour employment. For more adventures, visit my website, don’t.com.